Well, well. Hello, everyone. This is Did That Make Air, episode 12. Had to remind myself of what number it was, because it's not a milestone. Hi, I'm Brian Wilmer, joined by Ed Barnes. Uh, Kind of a weird night here. I've heard Ed talking about how beautiful the weather was back to the west. Not so much here, though. No, that was the remnants of the... You can insert quotes if you want to make them air quotes. That's up to you. Storm that we got here in Southern California <laughs> last week, which always cracks me up because, and we've discussed it before, but it's still funny enough to me. And I did this uh, this year where during the first rain of the year, I actually DVR'd the news and watched the first segment of two different local newscasts because it was hilarious. And I, I think that my favorite part of it, though, was the station that to get some stock rain footage literally did a report about when rain started talking in the, or falling in their um, parking lot at the station and got some close-up shots of the water hitting the pavement. <laughs> it was really good TV. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was as cool as the clip from the morning news show that I sent you the other day where they started talking about the breaking news of the gunman at Yale and when they went to a feed of someone's computer, it was on a server not found page. <laughs> Breaking news, Yale.edu is producing a 404. There you go. (laughs) But I wanted to make something clear. I did not bring up the weather to you in any way to be that guy from the West Coast. Yes, you did. Come on, admit it. No, no. That aggression will not stand, man, since I watched Lebowski (laughs) over the weekend. Um, No, I really try to go out of my way to not be that guy because it's – it's one thing where I worked with a guy who lived in Minnesota for the past decade or possibly longer, and his first winter out here, he kept talking about, oh, this is, you know, I love talking to my relatives back in Minnesota, and I look at there, you know, it says that they're in the 30s, and I just, like, take a picture of myself out by the pool, you know, and all that stuff, and it's like, hey, if it's new to you, I can understand it. But if someone has lived in California their whole life, I feel like that's just being a jaunty effer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes wow. i moved to where the sun is I, I don't really know what other way to put it i just i, I don't know i've never liked it hey I, check this out there's this bright yellow thing out here oh <laughs> yeah why don't you come out here oh that's right you're back in new york where it's snowing <laughs> no i don't want to be that guy and i don't want anyone to think i'm being that guy yeah i have to say uh this is the thanksgiving week edition of the program and the one thing i always look forward to on thanksgiving week is The reporter, just freshly out of college or freshly off an internship or whatever else, standing outside at the airport telling people it's busy at the airport. Oh, I've already seen um, some initial reports on that. They got a lot of mileage out of this on one of the local morning shows here where they sent a reporter out Monday to talk about Thanksgiving travel week. And the big story at San Diego's airport is that there was an expansion to Terminal 2 that just happened. So now there are there's a level for arrivals and a level for departures, which there was not before. And then also that uh, San Diego's airport has finally adopted TSA pre-check. So those are two big pieces of news, and all the officials there I've learned are really hoping that helps holiday travel. Yeah, see, in Charlotte – they have TSA pre-check, and they have four different lanes that you can go through to check in. However, they've pretty much demolished the entire parking structure over there. So if you want to go park anywhere, forget it. 
If you want to go wait for somebody while you know they're coming outside from their plane, forget that too. So pretty much your only options are to get over there and park about probably, I don't know, three quarters of a mile, a mile away from the airport at least. Or you can, you know, find some other way to drive around and circle the airport for a half hour until your person gets off their plane. So fun times. Yeah, that sounds like a really good system because no one has to bring their car to the airport for pickup or parking purposes. No, never. No, it's not important. So tonight on the program, since it is Thanksgiving weekend, we have a lot to get to. Tonight's big question, we are going to tackle the issue of figuring out women again, which... Oh, good. You know, nothing quite like two random white dudes trying to figure out women. Yes. So we'll do that. We'll also talk about uh, <laughs> a a bad story, probably for you and me, just because it involves something that hits close to home for us, and a couple of other things. And now I'm going to debut a segment on the program, too. Okay. Uh, I didn't tell you about this earlier. Actually, I kind of nope. I kind of did, but you would you would tell me you wanted to be surprised by it. So we used to have on our sports program a segment called Rip and Read, where basically we would just grab a story, you know, and then we named it Read and React eventually, but where we would just grab a story and read it on air cold. We didn't, you know, prepare for it or anything like that. So I'm going to do uh, Read and React with a link for you. Oh, boy. So... This, Very this involves something that we were going to talk about on the program, so I'm going to let you view this link. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed has not seen this link. He has no, no idea what it is. So now I'm going to let you look at this. Enjoy. All right. Well, you know, the thing that's entertaining about this is, Brian, you do most of the reading on the show, and with good reason, because I get a little excited when I start reading sometimes, and I go either a little fast, uh, and that <laughs> helps me trip over my words. So I'm pretty excited about doing this, because now I'm going to – Head to the IM client to click on a link for the website, blackfridaydeathcount.com. <laughs> wow. Four deaths and 64 injuries so far um, that we have charted. And this is fantastic because it has a list where it says, uh, you know, 2012, two people shot at Tallahassee Walmart over parking space. <laughs> 2011, Black Friday Target shoppers step over Walter Vance as he collapses and dies. 2011 fights break out at Rome Walmart during Black Friday shopping. I'm assuming that's not the one in Italy. Uh, 2011 woman wounded in South Carolina Black Friday robbery attempt. That's good. Oh, now this was a 20 injury incident here, so this is important. Off-duty police pepper spray North Carolina shoppers. <laughs> wow. This is, uh, this is pretty amazing. I knew that we were going to talk Black Friday. I got a lot to say about it. But... Um, this is um, this is pretty special. Uh, the list that they have currently goes back to 2006, um, <laughs> which is uh, one in Salt Lake, proving that uh, you know devout people aren't they don't care. They just want that Xbox, just like the rest of us. <laughs> and um, I'm just saying. Uh, so this is a very simple site. There is an info uh, email if you'd like to contribute to anything. If you go and you see that they're missing any Black Friday incidents, you can. Email them info at blackfridaydeathcount.com um, or offer them corrections, of course, they say. But, wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> that one really caught me um, by surprise. I did not really know what to expect. But first of all, I expected an article of some sort, uh, but that was better. Yeah, that uh, that came from the legendary friend of the program, contributor to the program occasionally, the uh, the lovely and talented Drew McGarry. 
Oh, all right. <laughs> well, thank you, Drew, for passing that along. Um, that's just something that <laughs> Black Friday, uh, we we see all the commercials. You know, uh, I've seen Bill Cower sending the African-American family back to bed. I've seen, uh, you know, all the people who didn't go to the sale uh, for GMC trucks and said that they saved oh. hundreds of stores. You know, while looking like death has become them, that's a that's quite a makeup job. And I think they actually went too far on some of those people. Yeah, like the one where um, they're standing like under a, a truck uh, back door or tailgate or something, and yeah. you know the the woman's just come back from Black Friday shopping and she looks as though she's an extra on like you know Walking Dead or something like that. Seriously, yeah, it's like look, if you were auditioning for the cancer patient, uh, <laughs> you might get the role, but. You're not. You're actually your Black Friday shopper. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so that stuff just uh, I've always found ridiculous. I've never uh, I've never been part of the Black Friday phenomenon in terms of getting up at, you know, dark 30 and getting myself to a store and standing in line and then bum rushing the entrance, uh, as, you know, as soon as they crack the door open or something. Um, I just it just seems a little ridiculous and i guess when i really started having to pay a whole lot of attention to christmas shopping is when the internet started to become a little bit more popular so i just thought wait a second why they're going to offer deals on on the internet too so uh, if i can just get those internet deals whatever then then i don't have to wake up that early and i hate waking up early yeah, I heard a story on some newscast, and I can't find it anywhere in print. If I could, I would read it. But apparently there was the first story of the first ever child conceived while waiting in line for Black Friday. Apparently two people decided to uh, warm themselves up in their tents and uh, ended up conceiving a child while waiting for Black Friday deals. Boy, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. It's like... Uh... <laughs> What's that story going to be like for your child? <laughs> See, Have you ever heard the story about how they were conceived? <laughs> uh, Dad, please don't. No one wants to hear that again. What you need to do, if you're going to have How I Met Your Mother go on another season, we could have that, except have it at you know Black Friday conception. That would be quite an episode. I, you know, there are all kinds of ideas that we've had floating around for, for videos lately. <laughs> yes. uh, and I have one that I shared a couple days ago with you that I wanted to share with everyone on the show because I, I feel it might have some legs. And I do need an official ruling. And if you do have an official ruling, please tweet the show. Brian, you have all the information on the tweeter. I do. Uh, it is at... Jeez. Sp- uh, let's let's try that show. again. Yeah. <laughs> at- and pause for edit. <laughs> and go. <laughs> at... <laughs> At Did That Make Air on Twitter. Also, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Um, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you, by the way, listening to this, this is a one-take program. <laughs> it always yeah, has I, been. It always will be. I, I, I just loved whenever Conan did that joke. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> whenever I saw him do it. Like a joke would bomb, and he would just stare at the camera and be like, and pause for edit. And then he would just wait a beat and then just bust up laughing. Okay, anyway, <laughs> on to the next joke. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. So my idea for a video, with all of the stuff that's about to happen, uh, starting with Black Friday and then all of the madness that, that follows it, all of the ridiculousness at malls where valet parkers uh, – in the, there are malls in San Diego where they have valet parking services that are beefed up. 
for the holidays. I mean, if that's not ridiculous enough, I don't know what is, but you can't fart a parking spot or you can't get what you want or whatever it might be. Why people have not gone completely online shopping, I have no idea. It really baffles me. But that leads to all kinds of incidents where people are running into stores, trampling each other over, trying to get a deal. They lose their temper because it's the holidays and everyone's uptight, so on and so forth. So what I wanted to do was take a collection of – it could be news footage. It could be security camera footage and then put it all under of people you know, bum-rushing on Black Friday too. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Actually, a couple of questions I have. First of all – it sounded as though you said you can't fart a parking spot. I know you didn't well, didn't actually say that, but it sounded like it, and I laughed. That's you can't fart a parking spot. <laughs> I speak the truth. I'll it allow it. Not, it was not the truth I meant to speak, but it's still true. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're on a motorcycle and the other person's on a motorcycle and can smell it, I, I don't know. I don't know if that might work for a parking spot. This this might be uh, an all time record, folks. We we might have our show title just what. 13 minutes into the program, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) my ability to misspeak the last couple weeks has been highly entertaining. But Brad Kitt, you can't fart a parking spot. The the other question I would have is, which version of uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year would would you want? You know, who would you want to have singing it? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, You know, I... I would have to research that a little bit, Brian. I, it's just I always seem to hear the same one. Uh, maybe it's only the big one that's in the rotation. But you know, if if Christmas music is throw or holiday music, as some people are, you know, overly PC calling it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it always seems to be the same version. But you know, it's always the guy has the the beautiful big voice, and it it always has a nice little pep to it. And, yeah, Andy Williams uh, is who that is. Okay, well, you know, thanks for leaving me hanging. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I heard a Barry Manilow version of it the other day. How'd that work out for you? Uh, not well. <laughs> mm. See how the Neil Diamond version go? <laughs> the Barbara Streisand version. Uh, see, yeah. what we need to do is we need to have Buddy Lee Phillips sing uh, "Most Wonderful Time of the Year" and have that as the uh, as the background. I you know I never pictured Buddy Lee as a singer. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, maybe I, I figured that he would be more apt to, you know, play a song on, you know, three jugs with triple X on the side with different <laughs> levels of fluid in them. So they'd have different notes. No, give uh, give Buddy Lee enough uh, enough heaters and enough moonshine flavored with nickels and he'll sing anything. Well, all right. Well, that's good to know. I, you know, I haven't <laughs> tried moonshine flavored with nickels myself, but um, sounds uh, sounds healthy. Yeah, I mean, of course. If you're, uh, if you're making alcohol in a bathtub, how could it not be healthy? Right. No, I think that would fit with the – I think that would be huge in California as it would fit with like the you know organic movement that's uh, so prevalent out here. <laughs> Look, it's you know stripped down ingredients, no fillers except this Clorox or whatever the heck we use to make it. And uh, yeah. By the Good way, times. let me just say this. I, I saw a, uh, a Thanksgiving episode of some show last night and they were talking about tofurkey. On that yes. show, there is no way in hell I would eat tofurkey. I would skip Thanksgiving before I did that. I agree. No disagreement here. I mean, it's just it's it's horrible to look at. Just the description of it. No, not doing it. I don't. I'm not going to do it either. I 
that is one thing that, you know, I've mentioned before on the show that, that my my girlfriend has some dietary restrictions. She has uh, very poor reactions to gluten and dairy, which uh, she doesn't like. Uh, I mean, she is not she she wishes she could have cheese just as much as I wish she could have cheese because that would mean I'd be eating more cheese. But, uh, the, you know, despite those, she likes her meat. And the idea of doing something like tofurkey is one that kind of freaks her out as well. Yeah, see, the the whole thing with me, mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, like the occasional, if I'm on the road somewhere, I love the occasional like cheeseburger at 1230 in the morning, even though I know I shouldn't eat it. But sure. I haven't I haven't eaten for like 15 hours and I've been driving all this time. So I, I, I couldn't pass that up. I just, I couldn't. Dietary restrictions be damned. I, I would gladly, you know, spend an hour incapacitated just so I could eat that cheeseburger. I know what you're talking about. It's, um... Well, I mean, you know, I don't need to go too far into the reaction she has to eating those things. But, man, I will just speak to the fact that anything that you eat after 11 o'clock at night uh, somehow tastes better. And I don't know why or how that happens, but it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's see, true. I agree, and that's that's the bad thing. I, the other thing I wanted to say, too, about Black Friday and all this other stuff. Have you seen the the outrage from people like on Facebook and – or Failbook, whatever you want to call it, and all these other places about how, you know, don't shop on Thursday. These evil corporate retail giants are forcing people to be away from their families and how can you support these kinds of evil people? Meanwhile, they're just like, yeah, tell you what. You want to come in Thursday? We'll pay you triple time if you do. Oh, OK. I'll be there. Um, forcing? Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm thinking because first of all, um, most people wouldn't mind getting away from the family for a little bit. Uh, that's why people shop to begin with. And second, they're paying these people pretty handsomely to come in on Thanksgiving Day. Now, does that mean that they should be away from their family the entire day and not get a chance to see them at all? No, but you know, if you're asked to come in for a few hours on Thanksgiving, it's not as though you won't get to see them ever. Uh, it's not as though you're not being compensated for it. And, you know, I don't get the whole shopping thing. I I wouldn't go around from store to store on Thanksgiving Day. That's just damn nuts. But still, we, we need to stop making it sound as though making a dollar in this country is, you know, some kind of primal evil anymore. And we need to stop making it sound as though people are holding guns to people's heads to come in on Thanksgiving because that's simply not the case. You know... We're going to get back to – I want to get back to you know your, your normal Thanksgiving because I can sum mine up very quickly. Um, <laughs> but and, and I don't say this because I'm looking for uh, any kind of sympathy for this, but I am working on Thanksgiving. I chose to work on Thanksgiving. Uh, I am working uh, a basketball tournament in Las Vegas, and I don't think I'm actually getting any huge bump in, in my normal rate for working on Thanksgiving. But as a freelance em- employee – uh, a lot of times you need to take what's offered when it's offered, sure. and that's pretty much the case here. So uh, I guess ESPN is now an evil corporation. No, no, that that's not that's not well true. They are an evil I corporation, mean, but not for that reason. Okay, well, you know, I'm not even going to say that because they're employing me this week. So <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. I'm cause... staying way away from that one. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, I'm not employed by them yet, so I can I can freely say that. But you know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, look, I took the job. They are not forcing me to be away from anyone. Um, I, I'm happy for the job. Thank you very much whenever the check clears. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, too, I mean, let's just let's look at this honestly. Now, again, I, I don't mean to be a dick here. That's not the whole intent. But 
It's a retail job. If you're bitter that Kmart is asking you to work on Thanksgiving, just walk in and say, you know what, I'm out. I'll go to Walmart or Target or any any one of the 500 other retailers that are going to be hiring during Christmas. It's not as though, you know, your little cashier job at Kmart is not going to be available somewhere else. If you're so outraged by it, then quit, take your day off, and then go into work on Friday somewhere else. Well, I mean, that would be an interesting way to go about it. I would. <laughs> I don't know if people feel, you know, times are tough, man. You need to hang on to the I jobs know. you have. I know. But still, see, that's the thing, though. If, if you're going to make a stand about it, make a stand. Don't go on, on Failbook and whine about it. Uh, don't, you know, sit there and tweet about how people are evil, evil corporate giants or whatever else. Make an actual stand because, you know, nobody ever changed the world by posting on Facebook. Mm, well... You know, I'm sure that someone in Facebook would find a way to tell you that's not true. <laughs> but, you know, I'll leave that to their PR people because I don't need to defend them. The social network to Farmville. Yes. <laughs> I still pick every time I think of that movie, all I can think of is the Wickelvoss twins finishing every sentence. Whether you know, they didn't say this, but all I could when I watched that movie, whenever they would finish a line, all I could ever think was adding on ha 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 because that was the vibe that they gave me. Well, see, what I'm thinking, though, if you did make the social network to Farmville, you could have, like, um, you know, Shia LaBeouf or some other Hollywood person standing out in a field, wiping sweat from his face, going, these crops haven't been tended in three days. Which friend shall I get to help me with my farm? Somehow you'd have to make a, like, ride a cat into it so that Miley Cyrus could be the cat. (laughs) I'm excited for that role. By the way, um... Uh, Pete, our, our friend Pete is is not here tonight, but I uh, I owe him one. I, I owe him a uh, a meme or something because he sent me a picture earlier today of farting a parking space. Uh, no, although that would have been awesome. Of yeah. uh, of Miley Cyrus's head on a dancing turkey, which was called twerky. Oh, I get it. <sighs> and then there's the vegetarian option. Toe-worky? <laughs> Camel-twerky, something? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a whole nother option. <laughs> That's a whole nother option. And if you can make your camel toe twerk, then that's pretty entertaining, actually, I must say. Um, wow. Yeah. That went in a direction I don't think either of us expected. Yeah. But no, that, I, that I, did wanna, I did want to quickly go through uh, your normal Thanksgiving because mine can be summed up very quickly as – um, usually I try to do something physical in the morning, you know, get the blood pumping, make a little bit of extra room, you know, come back, watch football, help out in the kitchen. If, if I'm asked, which is rarely because they, they, they realize that's a better idea to not have me help out in some cases because they want good food <laughs> and then start eating middle of the afternoon usually and take a nap from about five to six thirty. Yeah, and see, then watch the rest of the night football game. That's the thing. If you are going to uh, be at a family member's house for Thanksgiving or something like that, if yes. you get if you get asked to cook or to help clean up or something, be the absolute worst at it you can, so they never ask you again. Yeah, well, I think you know the, you can always specify a groin pull because they're not going to check. <laughs> so I hurt my groin. I can't help with the dishes. Sorry. So uh, yeah, Ed. So you you got a groin pull, huh? Let me go ahead and stick yep. my hand down there and check out and check that out for yeah, you. They're not going to check. I can guarantee <laughs> you, they're not checking. Uh, if they do, it becomes all of a sudden a very awkward Thanksgiving. It becomes a very illegal Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so 
That I mean, that's mine. How, how does yours line up with that? Uh, I don't really have a normal Thanksgiving anymore because, um, you know, my my grandmother is is uh, is receiving care. But you know, it, what it used to be is I would go up, go to my grandmother's house, um, eat, watch TV, and pretty much promptly, you know, nap out for the next four or five hours, like you described, and then wake up, uh, watch football, and go back to sleep again. The nap is always the best part. Yes, it I mean, is. It, it's just an unapologetic, I'm so full, there's no way I can physically stay awake kind of nap. And the worst part about it is if you're in a room where it's already warm because it's cold mm. outside, if you're in a room where it's already warm, you just, you're already tired as it is, and you're just like, okay, I can't fight anymore. I'm out. Right. Well, that or you wake up sweating because your body is trying to work its way through so much gravy. <laughs> or you're sweating gravy. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that can happen too. <laughs> Maybe that's the, you know, after Thanksgiving is when people start farting those parking spaces. <laughs> you wake up and you're like, Mom, why is Kenny Rogers licking me in my sleep? It'd <laughs> be really weird. Yeah. It'd be really weird. You know, even weirder, and this is, you know, a semi-sports related something, but I, was, I saw some, um, I think it was the, the manager of Manchester United was being interviewed before uh, their match against Cardiff City. And one of the sponsors on the backdrop was Kenny Rogers Roasters. <laughs> <laughs> it was what excuse me you get you're in wales oh okay tonight we're gonna do the fried chicken challenge <laughs> uh, that would, yeah well i don't know i mean it, you just feel like a well maybe in ireland they'd be better equipped to handle his guzzling of jack daniels bottles them's my people yeah uh yeah it just occurred to me, we are a few minutes into the program and never got to the big question, so let's do that. Well, we're, you know, <laughs> suspense as they listen to two white males flail around trying to figure out women. Yes, uh, this, kind of the, the big question, um, we'll, we'll ask the, the big question, are you surprised by what we're about to read? Now, no. that's, that's the big question, here's what we're about to read. This is from John Tierney of the New York Times. How aggressive is the human female? When the anthropologist Sarah B. Hurdy surveyed the research literature three decades ago, she concluded that, quote, the competitive component in the nature of women remains anecdotal, intuitively sensed, but not confirmed by science, unquote. Science has come a long way since then, as Dr. Hurdy notes in her introduction to a recent issue of Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society devoted entirely to the topic of female aggression. She credits the stunning amount of new evidence, partly to better research techniques and partly to the entry of so many women into scientific fields once dominated by men. The existence of female competition may seem obvious to anyone who's been in a high school cafeteria or a singles bar, but analyzing it has been difficult because it tends to be more subtle and indirect and a lot less violent than the male variety. Now that researchers have been looking more closely, they say this intrasexual competition, damn good fantasy name, is the mm. most important factor explaining the pressures that young women feel to meet standards of sexual conduct and physical appearance. Now, before I go on, let me first say, women passive aggressive? No way in hell. I'm not believing this already. I just this is garbage. Oh wait, Brian. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, this is far fetched. This is not true. Women are just kind angels that uh, you know never could hurt a soul. Especially each other. Yeah, let me uh, let me first say to our to our friends Marcy and Gretchen and Julie and everybody else who listened to the program, please note that our tongue is firmly implanted in cheek as we go over this. But this is where this is one that I wish. I mean, 
That, this is where I wish we could get Julie's opinion. Not that we can't when we finally hear, finally get her on the show. Sure, but it's going to be very entertaining to hear, uh, uh, you know, her. I don't know, hurl insults back at us for the way we probably treat this topic. <laughs> Yay, insults. Uh, nope. The old doubts about female competitiveness continuing, derived partly from an evolutionary analysis of the reproductive odds in ancient polygynous societies. Yeah, that's my professional training coming through. In which some men were left single because dominant males had multiple wives. So Mormons, in other words. Uh, So men had to compete to have a chance of reproducing, whereas virtually all women were assured of it. Okay. Uh, My knuckles are dragging as I get this take out. Um, Even in those societies, women were not passive trophies for victorious males. They had their own incentives to compete with one another for more desirable partners and more resources for their children. And now that most people live in monogamous societies, most women face the same odds as men. In fact, they face tougher odds in some places, like the many college campuses with more women than men. Bummer. Am I supposed to feel bad for you? (laughs) (laughs) If I said that I never played the ratios on a college campus, I'd be a damn liar. Just saying. Uh, I, I, going to a large state school, I, I never felt like there was going to be trouble <laughs> finding uh, girls. Now, you know, finding a, a complete sentence to speak to them was tough for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, they, but they were there. I, mean, I saw a lot of them. <laughs> to see how female students react to a rival, researchers brought pairs of them into a laboratory at McMaster University in Canada, I believe. For what was ostensibly a discussion about female friendships, but the real experiment began when another young woman entered the room asking where to find one of the researchers. This is awesome right here. I'm just telling you right mm-hmm. right before we uh, get started. This woman had been chosen by the researchers Tracy Valancourt and Anshal Sharma. They were characters in the movie Election, weren't they? Um, because she, wow. quote, embodied qualities considered attractive from an evolutionary perspective, unquote, meaning and. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to explain men very briefly. Quote, a low waist-to-hip ratio, clear skin, and large breasts, unquote. Okay. Sometimes she wore a t-shirt and jeans, other times a tight-fitting, low-cut blouse and short skirt. In jeans, she attracted little notice and no negative comments from the students whose reactions were being secretly recorded during the encounter and after the woman left the room. But when she wore the other outfit, virtually all the students reacted with hostility. This is probably the least surprising thing ever. Uh, They stared at her, looked her up and down, rolled their eyes, and sometimes showed outright anger. One asked her in disgust, quote, what the expletive is that, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like the fact that this was done in Canada and in an academic setting definitely played a role in it. Because not only – it seems like the, the attire that she has in the second scenario with the short skirt and the low-cut top could be considered just inappropriate for the situation. Whereas if this same girl probably walked down the street in Pacific Beach in California, <laughs> other girls would probably be like, where would you get the shoes? Um, so I don't know. I just – I feel like the controlled environment uh, could have had a large impact on these findings. Now, that being said, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, it continues, actually. Most of the aggression, though, happened after she left the room, to the surprise right. of no one. Then the students laughed about her and impugned her motives. One student suggested she dressed that way in order to have sex with a professor. Another said that her breasts, quote, were about to pop out, unquote. A third said, Becky, look at her butt. 
Oh, is this the time to say picks or it didn't happen? <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. Um, so the thing, though, that, that you know, I, I have, I've been exposed to uh, more than my wants of, of uh, reality television. Yes, um, yes, you have. <laughs> and, uh, man, I just feel like if I needed to – I don't feel like the, the producers of those shows need to work very hard for these girls to start getting really catty uh, once the other leaves the room. I feel like this is a very natural process. That seems like one of the more realistic parts of the show, actually, any of these shows where one girl does something where she's successful, and then as soon as she gets up from the table, the other girls in the group end up talking crap about her for the rest of the time that she's gone. Like, oh, and then we were just talking about how excited we are for your thing when she comes back. <laughs> See... What we need is the guy sitting there with the batting helmet with the beers on either side of it saying, boobs or GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> but, Hell yes. you know, I, I don't know, Brian. I mean, we've, we've personally experienced this. Um, I mean, a lot of these concepts are ones that, you know, we've heard a lot of people uh, who are far funnier than we are make jokes about. Of course, yeah. Uh, and it's been a very easy topic when it comes to you know people like stand-up comics because there is so much truth in it, and people have experienced all these things. But still, you know, you hear Chris Rock talking about how girls have new friends every three years. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's not all their friends, but there there seems to be, in my experience, there seems to be a little bit more turnover when it comes to friendships among females between. As opposed to friendships among guys. See, women clearly don't understand the old customer service uh, axiom that it's it's easier to or cheaper to keep a customer than to, to than to uh, acquire a new one. <laughs> I just I don't know I I, I just feel like uh, there seems to be a lot of misunderstanding in communication um, in those relationships and and that seems to cause a lot of problems. But the the thing that that I've just never really understood is is the way that it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like every female knows that other girls talk crap. They right? should. They should. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. So they know that, and you know, even if you hear someone say like, "Well, you know, we just need to like, confront each other if we have problems and do a better job of communicating," and you know, and and then you proceed to see the same thing happen again. So if everyone knows this is a problem, why is the cycle never able to be stopped? Well, the cycle happens once a month, but that's... Oh, wow. Point. Okay. All right. That's... I digress. Uh, yes. <laughs> continuing. Women are indeed very capable of aggressing against others, especially women they perceive as rivals, said Dr. Valancourt, now a psychologist at the University of Ottawa, continuing the quote... The research also shows that suppression of female sexuality is by women, not necessarily by men. Aha! There's a breakthrough. Just want to make sure that everyone heard that. So can you just read that last line again, please? The research also shows that suppression of female sexuality is by women, not necessarily by men. Hmm, very interesting. I need to have that on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me play this back. <laughs> so, and that's and um, uh, that seems to be at the heart of a lot of the, the cattiness too. Is sure. just, oh, she's a slut. Yeah, there's uh, uh, there's a mention of that too. Uh, yeah. Stigmatizing female promiscuity. 
See, again, only professionals should read those words back-to-back. A.K.A. slut-shaming has often been blamed on men who have a Darwinian incentive. (laughs) Yeah. That was just hilarious. (laughs) That or (laughs) slut-shaming. Yeah, you have all those nice professional clinical words or (laughs) slut-shaming. Yeah. (laughs) Stigmatizing female promiscuity or making fun of whores. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, has often been blamed on men who have a Darwinian incentive to discourage their spouses from straying, but they also have a Darwinian incentive to encourage other women to be promiscuous. <laughs> Dr. Valancourt said the experiment and other research suggest the stigma is enforced mainly by women. Let me read that again. Dr. Valancourt said the experiment and other research suggest the stigma is enforced mainly by women. Well, the thing is about it, Brian, is... Just guys generally don't care as much about what someone else does. Yeah, they don't. Uh, you know, I feel like in a lot of cases we're just apt to more kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> can, you, oh, okay. can you imagine? It's like you're hanging out with your your group of bros or whatever, and it's like, dude, we can't hang out with Doug anymore. He gets too many chicks. He's he's bringing us down. Right. <laughs> that guy's, uh, that guy's a man whore. That would never happen, but no. the flip side of it. <laughs> it's like, Brandy's been with five different guys this week. What a whore. Well, it makes the rest of us look bad hanging around her, so we can't. What? More Cosmos! That no. doesn't really have anything to... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but no, I just... I, in general, I, I, I think that, uh, you know... I, I don't know. I feel like guys are... You know, we might even pass judgment, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. More uh, more clinical sexy talk here. Uh, quote, sex is coveted by men, she said. Accordingly, women limit access as a way of maintaining advantage in the negotiation of this resource. So next time you're out at a club trying to, you know, get with a girl or something, just say, I'd like to negotiate the acquisition of your resources. Yeah, that'll get her hot and bothered right <laughs> She continues, women who make sex too readily available compromise the power-holding position of the group, ding, 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 which is why many women are particularly intolerant of women who are or seem to be promiscuous, unquote. Well, you know, I, I would just think that uh, that makes entirely too much sense, Brian. <laughs> It's not about being a whore. It's not about being promiscuous. It's about giving up power, and that's what it all comes down to. Okay. It's about finding him a reason to get me those boots. (laughs) Uggs or get out. No, I I figured they were, you know, for something like, it might be hitting you up for like, no, I need the new, you know, I need the new Michael Kors something something. (laughs) I need the new Michael Kors <laughs> drain on my wallet. I walked past a Michael Kors store recently, and I saw something in the window, and it was like forty forty nine dollars not $49, $4,999. And I'm just like, you are out of your damn mind. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. It's um, <laughs> a lot of money. You do a lot of good things with that money, too. And I don't know what that is that it's buying, but... There's no way that it's worth that much money. You could buy a uh, a Chevy on Black Friday for forty nine ninety nine. You could buy a makeup full of death face. <laughs> Continuing with this, uh, 
Indirect aggression can take a psychological toll on women who are ostracized or feel pressured to meet impossible standards like the vogue of thin bodies in many modern societies. Studies have shown that women's ideal body shape is to be thinner than average and thinner than what men consider the ideal shape to be. This pressure is frequently blamed on the ultra-thin female role models featured in magazines and on television, but Christopher J. Ferguson and other researchers say that it's mainly the result of competition with their peers, not media images. Quote, to a large degree, the media reflects trends that are going on in society, not creates them. Bad grammar, but whatever. Said Dr. Ferguson, a psychologist at Stetson University, he found that women's dissatisfaction with their bodies did not correlate with what they watched on TV at home, nor were they influenced by TV programs shown in laboratory experiments. Now, this is the, the most random TV reference ever, so be prepared. Watching the svelte actresses on Scrubs induced no more feelings of inferiority than watching the not-so-svelte star of Roseanne. I, I hope those were just two references the writer pulled out of midair because <laughs> if your methodology for your study was skinny women in scrubs or Roseanne, <laughs> I feel like there might be a little gap here. And I, I know that's probably what you're intending, but you know, you can make this a little more extreme if you, if you really wanted to test this theory. I found that in watching Elliot Reed over repeated episodes, I don't hate her and want to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, can we just chart, do do a study charting like uh, aggressive aggressiveness levels when watching Nancy Grace? <laughs> Mine would be through the roof. I can tell you that That's, now. I'm just saying, no, you're lying. It's all scare tactics. <laughs> we we talk all the time about things that are on in waiting rooms because you and I spend a lot of time in in waiting rooms wherever it may Unfortunately. be. Unfortunately, and. I was at a car dealership because my car had a recall on it. So I'm sitting there, and they're showing Nancy Grace in the damn waiting room. And, of course, in a waiting room, you don't have a remote. So you're stuck watching this this repulsive human being sitting there just gaping her maw into the, into the camera about, you know, the latest outrage involving some, you know, some criminal or something. And it's just like, shut up. Get off my TV. Go back to whatever bog you crawled out of. Enough of you. Impressive Sorry. use of the term bog. Yeah, I liked it. Well done. That's, yeah. But that's uh, that's a whole other study. I'll have to work on that study. <laughs> Apparently there's a lot of room for studies. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in a minute too. Uh, he found that women were more likely to feel worse when they compared themselves with peers in their own social circles or even if they were in a room with a thin stranger, like the assistant to Dr. Ferguson who ran an experiment with female college students. Here we go again. When she wore makeup and sleek business attire, these students were less satisfied with their own bodies than when she wore baggy sweats and no makeup, and they felt even worse when there was an attractive man in the room with her. Hmm. Uh, wow, that's that's really kind of sad. Because that man would, would be vapid enough and superficial enough to want to be with her instead of me. You know, the thing that, I mean, you know... The, I love. I just. I, I really love the assumption that apparently we are that shallow. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, if men dare make jokes about women, we get shot down, and we get told, you know, how we're we're Neanderthals and we're mouth breathers and we're knuckle draggers and everything else, and you know, we're we're superficial and vapid, and yet we're being proven that women are just as bad about it, if not worse. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, now, if. It, it's where I feel like a lot of this has to do with where's your head at. 
Right. Now, I'm not saying this is a hard and fast thing because there are still plenty of guys out there, no matter how old they are, that's like, look, you know, I got to find me a good looking woman and that is my priority. And, you know, she could have, I could get along with her better than anyone I've gotten along with in my life. But if, if she's not pretty enough for me, then it won't do. You know, I'm sure that those guys are definitely out there. But if you look at it, when, you know, after we as humans start to sort of become aware of our, our sexual desires, Obviously, we have that going on like crazy in, you know, late teenage years and, you know, end of high school kind of area, start of college. And then, you know, through our 20s, it's just I feel like as people start to get later into their 20s and into their 30s, some of this starts to go away a little. I'm not saying a lot or completely, but I feel like more people start to realize, look, I've. I've met a few girls. I've taken them out on dates. Maybe you've been lucky enough to get them home into your room. Who knows? I'm not don't want to assume anything. I assume everyone's probably a virgin. Nice, everyone's, uh, you know. nice radio edit there, by the way. Yeah. Nicely done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that all – once you've had a little bit of experience, you start to see things like, uh, yeah, I remember dating that one girl and she was really hot. But I also didn't want to talk to her ever. So that was tough. You know, I don't really want to go through that again. You know the old saying, and this, this again sounds bad, but I'll say it anyway because it's been out there. No matter how good looking a woman is, there's some guy out there who's tired of being with her. Right. And, you know, I, the thing, the theory that I've, I've thrown out, I think, to you, but it, it, we're all crazy. I mean, we all are crazy in our own way. Sure. I mean, find, finding the right mate is about finding the person that can tolerate your crazy the best and you can tolerate their crazy. Right. You know, I mean, yep. it might be a weird way of looking at it, but we all have our quirks. We all have our things that drive each other nuts. Even couples that are very, very happy have something about their partner that drives them a little crazy. There's just no doubt about it in my mind. You know, but the you other, know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, the other thing that, that really drives me nuts, and this this is not necessarily meant to be a complete dig at females. I don't think any of this is, but it's, it's more just uh, kind of illuminating the thought. There's this perception in society that if you get to, you know, your late 20s, early 30s or whatever, and you marry somebody or start dating somebody long term who's not a, necessarily a supermodel or something like that, there's this perception that you're settling. And I think that's another thing that kind of drives people into destructive relationships, into bad relationships, into, uh, you know, vapid and superficial relationships is that there's this perception that if you're not with you know, Miss or Mr. America or something like that, then then you're settling and you're lowering your standards and that couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, I think that's a pretty ridiculous take if that's what people really believe. I mean, you know, it, it, it's very easy to judge a book by its cover and if that's how you're judging someone's relationship, like, well, she's too pretty for him or something of that nature. So this can't just be a good, you know, they can't just have a good relationship because I don't see their looks as equal or something of that nature. That's a pretty sad way to be judging someone else's relationship, isn't it? Yeah, and dude, I can tell you, my my cover, it's kind of like back when you were in school and you used to, you know, take up uh take brown paper bags and wrap them around books. That's pretty much what my cover is these days. So, yeah. I'm I'm not really in uh, in position to judge anybody's cover, but you know, that's 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 a good thing, you know. I mean, you and I joke all the time. You've you've got the old uh standby that we're not oil paintings and we're not. But the the whole thing that I mean, I, I see people who are in relationships, and I actually had one woman say to me, this was probably three, four years ago, it's like, you know, I really love my husband, he's, you know, super nice, he's super supportive, he's, 
I know he's going to make a great father, but I notice that when people look at us, they look at us kind of strange, kind of like, you know, we don't really belong together. And she said, I don't doubt for a minute that I'm with the right person, but I'm just sick of all the judgmental stares. And, you know, first of all, it's bad that she has to think that about the person she's chosen to spend her life with. And, and second of, you know, second of all, what the hell business is it of anybody else who you're with? Oh, I don't know. Is she dating Alf or something? <laughs> like, I mean, what the, that would be weird enough to look. I kill me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that would be a little strange. Uh, you know, plus they probably wouldn't have cats. So that's cool. Uh, but other than that, I don't, I don't really know. You know, it's like, who are we to – if someone is outwardly unhappy, like if a friend of ours is – to the point where there there seems like there's something wrong with their relationship, reaching out and checking on them because we care about them as people and see them in pain, that's a very different story than looking at someone's relationship and judging it based on, oh, they don't look right for each other. Yeah, it's like you can be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I I wouldn't be intimate with that person. Well, so what? It's it's not your relationship. You're not the one who's being intimate with that person. The other person is, you know, let them live their life. Let them be happy. Let them be with whomever they want to be with. It's the same thing with interracial relationships. I don't, strangely enough, a lot of people have these preconceived notions about the South. I don't see people looking oddly at interracial relationships in the South. I see a veritable S ton of interracial relationships in the South, but I've seen it in other parts of the country where like a, a you know, white guy walks by with, with a uh, you know a black girl or whatever, and they're holding hands, and people look at them kind of askew, kind of like you know, why in the world are you polluting the gene pool or whatever else? And I just I want to punch these people in the face. It's like you know, first of all, this is not this is not 1953 anymore, and second of all, it's not your damn business. Yeah, that's really a big part of it. That's really a big part of it. It's just really not our business. I mean, I've I've been through this, um, you know, in the sense of I've had a lot of questions um, over the last few months especially by people asking me when are you going to get married been with my girlfriend for just under three years now and i can't tell you how much i hate getting that question it's like oh sorry let me look around for some of your business Uh, i don't think i see any here yeah how are your finances doing you know it's like (laughs) is that a fair question for me to ask you no people like whoa that's not the same you're right it's not the same but it's equally you know annoying yeah, and see, that's that's the thing. What people don't understand is they think that because you're in a relationship that all of a sudden that is more public information than other things that are going on in your life. Like the, the finance example is a great one. I mean you don't exactly go around broadcasting how much money you have, but it's still not – you know, it's, it's just as – this is terrible grammar I know, but it's still just as not – just as much not anybody's business – as right. you know your relationship it's like you know if people came up to you and started saying so uh you know once you guys get married how long is it going to take before you have a kid it's like oh i figured that's the next question it's like why in the christ does that matter to you why why are you so you know busy with trying to uh to run everybody's lives i mean i i understand there are situations where you know people are uh you know dealing with infertility issues and i i feel for those people i do because i come from a situation where i have an adopted mom so I, I understand about, you know, fertility issues and those kinds of things. But or see, the thing is, we have, and we talked about this on the program, we have this society these days where because everything is so interconnected, everything is so social and so out there, 
everything is now all of a sudden everybody's business, whether we've chosen to make it that way or not. Facebook's done it with relationship statuses and listing your employer and all this other stuff. Stuff that doesn't mean anything to anybody and really shouldn't be broadcast to anybody unless you're just that much of a public person. And now all of a sudden everybody has to and wants to know it right now. That is a weird concept and that is a weird phenomenon of uh, kind of a byproduct of social media and, and the way that just we have more information uh, about ourselves out there than ever before. Uh, I thought it was weird enough the first time I found out that there was something like a map uh, available on the internet, an interactive map where I'll, in five minutes, I think I was able to, you know, do, uh, I was probably like a Alta Vista search for my <laughs> home address and then punch it into the site and it was able to tell me how to get from. You know, I typed in my high school as the you know starting point, and it gave me directions to the house. I was like, wait, wait, this is scary. Yeah, I can find someone's address, and it can tell me how to get to them. And you can see their house now on Google Street. Right. That's and then there's that as well. So, uh, so it, it's it's just a very strange phenomenon, and you wonder at what point is there going to be some sort of you know where where do you draw the line when it comes to privacy? Uh, and that's I mean if you're trying to figure that out from a regulatory standpoint, that has to just be a nightmare of a question. You know the bad thing I, I keep saying on this program that we don't talk politics or anything like that, and I realize that the more we get into these situations and these conversations, the more I'm revealing my politics. <laughs> well. I have another story that we could talk about. I, actually, I wanted to mention this right because this was related to something that we said a little bit ago. Go ahead. Um, and I wanted to – I'm going to be kind of vague about it because, you know, just in case these people decide to listen, which I, I doubt, but just in case. <laughs> um, you know, I was uh, I was uh, on a out-of-town trip uh, with a few other groups, a few other couples, and the female member of one of the other couples uh, asked uh, me and my girlfriend several times about uh, when are you guys going to get married? Why haven't you been gotten married? You know, I just don't understand why you're not married yet. You've been together, you know, been together this was about a year ago. And it was like, oh, you guys have been together, you know, almost two years now. I mean, it's just like, what's he waiting for? Does he have a problem? Does he have a problem with you? You know, and she just kept after it the entire weekend. Um to the point where my girlfriend was saying, like, please don't leave me alone with her because all she's going to do is ask us about why we're not married. And I, I thought, first of all, it was incredibly rude by this person that we really didn't know. Uh, and second of all, the, the, the reason that I'm telling this story is because I found out uh, that she was summarily released by the man friend uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so and I just wanted to say that I I said to my girlfriend I really wish that you had her number so I could text her for about the next three days going why aren't you and Mark getting married why aren't you guys getting married you guys should be getting married I don't understand why you're not married yet haven't you guys been oh that's right you're not together anymore maybe you should have minded your own business I, I have to ask a question was was she DFA'd with the uh, the option to trade or or waive her within ten days or did he request unconditional waivers on her what happened here outright release. <laughs> Sorry, sports term creeping into the program again. Yeah. So yeah, she's hoping she can catch on with an independent league. The uh, I think the answer to our big question: we're not surprised that women are passive aggressive toward each other. We just we, we think that there are more uh, effective uses of their time. I, uh, well, I think absolutely. That's fair. No, not, not only do we think that there are more effective uses of their time, but I think that we also just think it's completely unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. Look, you know, we we see you working. We know that you're trying in any number of ways that we don't have to bother with. You know, the hair and makeup and clothing and all of those things are, are just the tip of the iceberg. The waxing. Of all the things. That is 
potentially some for for some women yes you know that, <laughs> I, you know but but I, I mean even beyond something like that just look how many guys are actively going to be going like look let me design our home let me interior decorate our home <laughs> I don't think that's happening too often. Some guy sitting there on House Hunters going, you know what? I really like those throw pillows. We need those throw pillows. What? What just happened to you? You know, I've said to my girlfriend when she shows me things like, do you think this would look nice in the house? And there are some times I've said to her, I've got to be honest with you. I really don't have an opinion on that. I, I really don't have a very good feel for what would look good in terms of furniture and stuff like that. However, when the stuff ends up coming in the house, so far it's been 100% of the time that I was like, you know what? That looks really nice. I can see now that it works, but if you show me on a, you know, hey, check out this Overstock page. Do you think that this is a good rug? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let me let me uh, let me ask you: If she's going to show you Overstock pages, are you uh, obligated to respond with how that's the good good? Uh, no, I think I'm, you know, obliged to fire one up with Snoop Lion because <laughs> like that's what he's all about these days. All right, so we're going to choose your own adventure on the program. I was going to talk about defamation, but screw that. We'll come back to that if we have time. We're, we're going to choose your own adventure. So I'm, I'm going to let you choose from one of three stories, and I'll give you the option here. We'll, we'll go forward mm-hmm. with it. There is either an underwear thief, oh, God. hazing gone wrong, or, or pocket dialing gone wrong. Po- let's start with pocket dialing. Okay, because we've we've had a lot of pocket dialing misfires on this program before, like the criminal calling nine one one while he was on the way home from committing his crime, or was it on the way? Uh, it was on the way. They met uh, him there. Even better, yeah. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? You weren't planning on shooting this guy, were you? Because it says <laughs> you, you said you were earlier. Crazy. Um, yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll start there. Um, you can choose what you want to go to next. If you wish, okay. b- between uh, hazing gone wrong and uh, underwear thief. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we choosing now? Uh, yeah, if you wish. Okay, uh, the, let's go with hazing gone wrong next. Oh, okay, so we'll start with pocket dialing. Dateline Jonesboro, Arkansas. Authorities have arrested a northeast Arkansas man on suspicion of criminal conspiracy to commit capital murder after the man allegedly pocket dialed the would-be victim as he described the plot. Mm. Just, <laughs> it's amazing it's just it's just really amazing what people are capable of <laughs> you know what i'm gonna kill that son of a- oh wait a minute i dialed the wrong number <laughs> sorry it's not for you uh, <laughs> you're, sitting, you're sitting there and you're like oh i'm going through a bad cell <laughs> yeah yeah seriously um an attorney for Larry Barnett argues that the alleged victim had an axe to grind against Barnett, who's lived and worked in Jonesboro for more than 30 years. The Jonesboro Sun reports that District Judge Kurt Huckabee found sufficient evidence, and no, not Mike Huckabee's brother, uh, Monday for the case to proceed against Barnett. Police allege that Barnett was plotting to kill a former employee who reportedly overheard the details via the accidental phone call. Criminal conspiracy to commit capital murder is punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Barnett is due in court December 30th. Wow. Okay. Um, so this was a supervisor? Uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Apparently he didn't supervise his phone very well. <laughs> hey um, Yeah, just the amount of stuff like that that seems to actually happen, um, you know. 
it, it just seems to happen all the time with, with with all the dialing and with as easy it is to lock as it is to lock your phone. And yeah. most of them now have a preset where they lock automatically after about 60 seconds. Usually, I, didn't I just do something on this? No, it's already locked. <laughs> you know, I, I, but dialing people seems like a really difficult thing these days. Yet it keeps happening. By the way, uh, since you said he didn't supervise his phone appropriately, I, I owe you one. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Mills Lane will not allow it, but I will get a rib shot. <laughs> no, I can't, can't let him allow that one. Absolutely not. Uh, now to Hazel. Have you, do you have, do you have a, a, a good story of like a, I mean, has anyone ever pocket dialed you or you pocket dialed someone um, you know, by mistake and it was, you know, oh, you, you won't believe what this person said or, you know. I haven't pocket dialed anyone and nobody pocket dialed me, but I, I will say this. I got a Bluetooth speaker from my phone, and I started, you know, to mess around with it, and it, it, you know, paired and all, and it took control of my phone book and started to dial somebody. Good times. And so, luckily, I stopped the call as the person's voicemail was picking up, because if they had answered, you know, you, you would have heard me going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, you know, into, into the phone trying to get it to stop, but, uh, you know, technology hates all of us. Well, uh, you know, since we haven't made our obligatory South Park reference on the show yet, it was <laughs> is it like the Trapper Keeper? <laughs> yeah, the, was yeah. that what it was like? <laughs> the Trapper the, Keeper pairing with Paddington Bear Calculator. The white Bill Cosby, yes. Yep. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Bill Cosby, uh, t- not to change the subject, but why would we ever do that on this program? Uh, mm-hmm. I got a chance the other night to watch the Bill Cosby stand-up. Uh, he came back and did a stand-up. The guy's 76 years old, I think. Came back and did a stand-up and was actually pretty funny. I mean, it's it's not what you'd expect from you know the the edgy comics these days. It's it, you know anything like that. It's it's the same same standard G-rated you know aren't relationships funny har har stuff. But it was it was still pretty funny. So uh, so props to somebody who can get on stage at seventy six years old and and uh, you know still have the uh, the fastball as it were. One thing I can say though is that uh, any stand-up comic that I've seen give a comment about Bill Cosby. And his current act has been uh, just amazed at what he does, saying yeah. he's just fantastically funny and a great performer. And the most recent one that I heard was was Bill Burr on his podcast talking about know, some comedy festival that Cosby was performing at. And someone you know, took him back to the dressing room and a good story there and then talked about how great his set was and just was so impressed. And – you don't get the sense it's just a, a simple kind of hero worship. Oh, he was amazing. You get the sense that these guys are just really, truly amazed with the way that this guy is able to work a crowd, you know, do his material and the stuff he comes up with. And, I mean, there's a reason the guy's a legend. Yeah. I mean, people still say the same thing about B.B. King, and B.B. King is, God, about the same age, probably. You know, I had to make a decision on that where he appeared in San Diego recently, but tickets started under dollars. Ah, uh, it's a little much. It's like, I I just can't think that. I mean, is he is he in concert anymore? I I don't know. I haven't seen him. I would love to see him because he is such a legend. At the same time, that's a tough call. You know, like where you, that's a whole nother you know bar from how I met your mother scale, right? Yeah, the, you know yeah. the old the performers is the price of the ticket scale. That's about like Jimmy Buffett is charging starting at one hundred thirty five dollars these days. Do you get like a couple bottles of, you know, <laughs> tequila with it, and you get like you know, 
two margarita or two fresh uh, <laughs> blenders full of margaritas and and a shirt from his clothing line or I, maybe I, twelve or a land shark lager. I don't know whatever he's involved in. Well, two things. First of all, uh, if you listen to Jimmy Buffett, listen to anything from before like nineteen. 19- 80, 79, 80, something like that, before he became a brand. He was actually a pretty talented musician and, you know, one of the the pioneers of the country rock singer-songwriter movement. I mean, he had some really solid stuff before he became Jimmy Buffett, Inc. Uh, but the, the other thing I have to give him credit for, I forget where it was, but he was doing some performance and actually broke out into AIDS, Burger, and Paradise. And if, if you can sing that you know, at a show and, and make fun of yourself that way and show that, you know, you get the joke, I mean, I, props to him for that. That's pretty incredible. Uh, I can just picture all the parrot heads out there listening to <laughs> our show, though, going, what do you mean was a talented musician? Well, yeah. What do you mean was? What do you mean you people? <laughs> That's racist. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I felt kind of sick the other day because I'm sitting there watching the, the Panthers-Dolphins game. And after every field goal, whatever else, they started playing Jimmy Buffett's fins. I'm like, oh, dear God, somebody shoot me in the face, please. Enough of this. Well, I'm going to have to head to the Google machine because isn't he partially involved in the ownership of the Dolphins? I, I don't care if he is. I don't care if he's the emperor of Miami. I don't need to hear that at a Dolphin game. I don't. Well, we, uh, apparently you did. So, <laughs> we, sorry. We need a searching the inner tubes music uh, on this program, some kind of song. Yeah, just some sort of break music. Oh, I know what it is. What we can do is anytime we need to search for something on the inner tubes, we need the Cash for Gold song is what we need. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> or can we get the song for when you're picking out uh, merchandise on Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> Actually, I have the match game theme music around here somewhere. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> now, the only thing that I enjoyed more about the match game than, any, uh, than anything else was the mic. The Gene Rayburn. Oh, yes. The long, skinny mic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and apparently Jimmy Buffett and the Dolphins uh, have a partnership. It doesn't exactly say uh, uh, what that is. Back, so. to, back to match game. <laughs> dumb Donald was so dumb. How dumb was he? <laughs> yeah. Dumb Donald was so dumb he couldn't draw a blank. <laughs> <laughs> and then the music starts. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the hazing story uh, oh, we should probably talk about. Very a scary. A horrific night of hazing at Wilmington College in Ohio has left one pledge minus a testicle in a oh. fraternity under investigation. Uh, believe it or not, the pledge in question is being a good sport about the whole thing, um. saying it was an accident. They have a a, uh, a recap of the story. Now, I just, just have to say, I, 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 is he playing it this way, figuring... Uh, everyone else is now going to make fun of me about my uh, about my losing a testicle, so I need to make sure that these guys are still my friends. I, I don't like how does what's your rationale, man? Like I would be bent out of shape about this, and not just because I lost a part of my body. You know what, bro? You don't have the ball to pledge this fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> but we can rant more about fraternities once you finish the story. This, uh, courtesy of the smoking gun, Ohio police are investigating a college fraternity hazing incident that left a 19-year-old pledge short a testicle, according to records. Three Wilmington College students seeking induction into Gamma Phi Gamma were subjected to a battering in the fraternity house. It's never good when you're subjected to a battering, especially not in the South, uh, <laughs> according to search warrant affidavits. As detailed by investigators, the blindfolded pledges were brought to the basement of the fraternity, which is known as Gobbler House. 
Oh, I get it. Yeah. Where about 20 fraternity members were either watching or participating in the pledging. The basement of the house contained about three inches of water, and the pledges were ordered to, quote, lie on the floor and imitate a swimming action, unquote. They were then ordered to strip completely nude except for a blindfold and had, quote, a substance described as being like Icy Hot applied to their nipples, back, buttocks, and scrotum. I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to know how long it was into the evening before they did put someone put a stun gun in the water. Because <laughs> um, you know that, they, dude, we got to really make them tough. Uh, but the other thing is, is uh, just got to ask, who's who's putting the icy hot on everyone's scrotum? <laughs> Questions we never should have ever had to ask. No, but why? Do you realize you're you're going to end up making fun of them and calling them, you know, homophobic <laughs> slurs at some point? But one of you actually had to touch their genitalia. So, yeah, okay, all right. Actually, the sure. the question I have to ask is: uh, Was Chip Dillard reached for a comment? I hope Chip Dillard was reached for comment. <laughs> Or maybe Richard Bag, or you know. I mean, why weren't they having him jump down into you know Doritos that was supposed to be glass or whatever? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Um, yeah. After having Limburger cheese stuffed in their mouths, the pledges were each given a ball of stuffing and ordered to simulate having sexual intercourse with it. Specifically, the trio was told to fornicate with the sheep, and I edited that for public consumption. Uh, I, I I really have nothing to add at this point that isn't going to – I don't know what it's going to do. In fact, I, I just – I'll save the rest of my comments until the end of the story. The pledges were then hit with towels and shirts that had the ends balled up in knots or which had items tied inside them to inflict pain. Pledge Tyler Lawrence, 19, was struck in the testicles, a phrase you never want to hear, with a towel fashioned as a weapon, according to an affidavit. Uh, Lawrence, quote, went to the ground immediately in pain and was clutching himself in the groin, unquote. Fraternity members eventually got Lawrence to his feet so they could conclude the hazing by stuffing vinegar-soaked bananas into the mouths of the three who were told the item was poop. Uh, after the initiation, Lawrence complained of significant pain in his testicles, another phrase you never want to hear or say. He was transported to a local hospital where he underwent surgery to have a testicle removed as a result of, quote, Damage caused to him when he was struck by the towel, unquote. Detective Kratzer also noticed that Lawrence had large bruising and contusions upon much of his upper torso, resulting from being struck during the initiation. During an October 31st search of Gobbler House, police seized towels with bald ends, icy hot liniment, and other props which may have been used during the ceremony. Police also obtained warrants to examine the other two pledges for evidence of bruising and contusions. As police probed the hazing of the three pledges, Wilmington College officials have suspended Gamma Phi Gamma. Students at the Quaker-affiliated school can face suspension or expulsion for their involvement in the initiation. How do you think this is going to play with the Gamma Phi Gamma National Office? <laughs> See, the bad thing is I, I, I noticed that, that was the Quaker-affiliated uh, school, and the first thing I, I got through my mind was, you know, the Quaker Oats guy off the box beating some dude in the nuts with a towel. <laughs> Oh, that's a really weird image to have thought of. <laughs> Thanks for yes. sharing. Yes, it is. Uh, but the thing that, that I just I, I keep coming back to when I hear about any sort of uh, fraternity hazing incident is I can't think of a group of people 
um, that I would do pretty much any of that for, let alone that I just met. How does that make any sense? I, I just met these people, but I really want to show that I'm committed to, you know, helping the bros win the intramural fantasy foot or, uh, you know, flag, flag football, football title yeah. this year. Thank you. <laughs> fantasy football. title. They might have that now. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe it's been a while since I've been in the college and, um, you know, I, I just don't understand what, what do you, what do you, do you view it as that good a thing that, that you're going to have icy hot rubbed on various parts of your body while you strip naked in front of these other bros? You know, like, I mean, I, I would love to know what uh, Skyler with his cargo shorts and sideways visor was doing during this. And how long did it take before Chad realized maybe I should delete the video from my phone of this incident happening? <laughs> See, I'm I'm suddenly reminded of being in college and uh, <laughs> living with a bunch of guys who played baseball, you know, in, in the same uh, building, obviously. And yeah, studied uh, a lot. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, of course, we we never talked about anything but baseball ever. Right. And um, and the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And they they were going down to some girl's room who was what at, at one point dating one of the guys to share their testimony. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And right. she had had a guy in there, you know, proselytizing to her, obviously. And right. uh, apparently they were trying to talk to her, and he opened the door and tried to take a punch at one of them. Then he ran, at which point uh, about eight fraternity guys all took off after him all at once. Uh, one of them, the, the main leader, being uh, 6'6 and 225 pounds. And... Uh, right. They they came back about probably thirty minutes later. They they disappeared somewhere on campus. They came back, you know, a little bit a little bit sweaty, a little bit mussed up, and all they said was, uh, "We took care of that problem." That's a bad read right there. <laughs> That's a really bad read. That's a low know? awareness like, rating, is what that is. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't think you did. I think you, you decided to keep the ball instead of give it to the back, and you didn't <laughs> read the defensive end was keying on you. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> when all that happened, I'm sitting in the in the lobby of whatever this is, whatever you know building this is, talking to a women's soccer player, and you know all of a sudden I see some little punk kid take a swing at somebody, and then he runs out through the crowd, and then all of a sudden I hear this oh bleep, let's get him, and then they all took off after him. Man, that's uh, you know, and I got a, I got to guess that they got the best mile that that guy's ever run out of them, um, <laughs> you know, running away. <laughs> That's some motivation right there. Yeah, it didn't uh, help. But see, what what should happen is they should have Rich Eisen watch that guy for uh, for technique tips for the uh, forty for the next combine. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, I would think that if you're going to do something like that, you know, that's where you want to place some sort of wheeled vehicle, and it could be a bicycle, and you'd still have a leg up. See, what you could do to Eisen is just you know walk up to him in the combine and scare him or something like that. Be like, hey, Dan Patrick's going to be on your next broadcast. No. <laughs> I hear NFL Network's auditioning new league anchor talent. What? Just, I yeah. I, I, I just appealed to him in the same way one would appeal to Ron Burgundy. Apparently, <laughs> they're going to have um, they're going to have Amber Theo Harris and, and Lindsey Rhodes take over your time slot. No, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. He does a great job at, and I think him running the forty is pretty hilarious, especially when he wears the the special high tech. Uh, undershirts that they have measuring things like <laughs> torque off the line and stuff. His uh, his book Total Access is awful though, just brutal, terrible book. Really, why? 
it's it's dry. I mean, it's I, I understand the whole concept of being kind of inside baseball, and I, I love those types of books, but it's just it's too far inside. I mean, it just it drags. But I digress. Well, that's interesting. I you know I I I, I wasn't too aware of his book in the first place. But <laughs> I got it. It's that bad. Yeah, um, I got it for like three bucks at a used bookstore before I went on a flight somewhere. So. There you go. Yeah, uh, that's well. I mean, and that's the way to do it. Because, or you could just pay the twenty five dollars at the <laughs> airport bookstore um, uh, for one of about seven books. By the way, so, uh, my father is asking the the old joke: uh, How do you pitch to an elephant with three balls on him? How do you do that? You walk Jerry, him and pitch on. the rhino. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we've gotten that out of the way. We can move on with the program. Oh, sorry. Uh, 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 <laughs> There. Done. <laughs> Sorry about that. You, you cut out for a second, so all of a sudden I was like, "What? What's happening?" <laughs> I can't hear him. Yeah, I, just, I, was, I was pulling a Beano cook. I, I gave him the rim shot that he he so desperately wanted. Notice I, I, was, I, said, I was like, "Notice I said rim shot." Yes. No, it was like I was pulling that that famous Beano cook thing. I can't hear. <laughs> uh, but I mean, getting back to the whole thing about this hazing incident, because. You know, you were not uh, someone that was in the Greek system, nor was I. No. And I remember people asking me, why didn't you want to pledge um, when you came down to San Diego State? And I said, look, not even getting into necessarily how I feel about fraternities or anything like that. um, I really can't imagine, since I transferred down here as a junior, being told by some 18-year-old sophomore who graduated high school early, hey, it's 2.30 in the morning, I need you to go get me food, or something equally stupid. Um, Because that just wouldn't go well for me. I can't see myself putting up with that very long, if at all. Yeah, see, I remember one time there was a friend of mine who was pledging a fraternity at Elon. I forget which one it was, but... He w- he had to be at four different parties in the state of North Carolina in one night and get pictures at each. So he had to go from Elon to Appalachian State up at Boone, which is about probably, I don't know, two, two and a half hours from Elon. Then go down to UNC Charlotte and get a picture, which is about probably another two hours or so. And then go to a party at North Carolina, which is about probably two and a half hours from Charlotte. And then be back at Elon before the sunrise. That sounds awful. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, it's like a scavenger hunt, except... For D-bags. a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, scavenger hunt for D-bags. You know, did we make a wacky movie with Tom Green, uh, you know, chronicling <laughs> his adventures? Maybe Brecken Meyer was involved. <laughs> uh, or is he busy with Franklin Bash? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, had the uh, the skinny guy from the new kid or whatever. Oh, DJ Qualls. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's exciting. And only if he wears an Atari shirt, and only if Horatio Sands can be a waiter in some weird breakfast place. But still, I mean, you know, you, you... I'll take Amy Smart though. No, but what was your thought? I mean, why did why didn't you end up pledging a fraternity? Uh, really, I mean, there were a couple of reasons. First of all, I didn't feel the need to buy friends. I mean, I, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Second of all, any of the fraternities I, you know, thought I might want to pledge anyway, I hung out with. I mean, like, and this is going to sound funny for those of you who know me, but I spent most of my time hanging out with historically black fraternities, and I am as Caucasian as it gets. But they welcomed me. I was, you know, part of their group. They weren't 
constantly getting hammered or anything like that. They were just, you know, hanging around and, you know, being moderately professional guys. I mean, they, they had, you know, a, a business group within the fraternities, which was interesting, uh, you know, and they would practice for step shows and whatever else. And I couldn't get into that, but you know, I mean, most of the people that I wanted to hang out with, I just hung out with. I didn't, I didn't need to, you know, pay dues to do it. I didn't need to be, you know, uh, jumped into the fraternity to do it basically or anything like that. I just hung out with those people and they accepted me and it was all good. So that seems like a perfectly legitimate course of action way to navigate college. Like, Hey, I'd like to <laughs> hang out with that person. So I'll hang out with that person. Yeah. And then, you know what? I can also hang out with this person and yet, Oh, you're in a different fraternity. Well, it doesn't matter because we're, we're all people. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's the thing. I, th- another thing that kind of cracked me up, people are just like, Oh, uh, you went to college in the South and you hung out with a historically black fraternity. You know, what, what did people think about that? And I'm just like, who, col- well, okay. That's, that's a bad choice of work. Um, who, who prejudices your thoughts about the South exactly? I mean, it's not anywhere near what people think it is. I, I can't count the number of times I, I would be, you know, openly invited to, you know, social gatherings or whatever held by historically black fraternities. And I was a part of a lot of them and they're, they're good people. They didn't, you know, make jokes about me or anything. They didn't pressure me to drink or do anything I didn't want to do. It was just, you know, people hanging out with people. And I, I don't understand why everybody all of a sudden thinks, oh, well, hey, if you're a white guy in the South, why are you hanging out with black people? It's just, it's stupid. It's narrow-minded. And it's, you know, again, 1950s thought. Brian, look, you're trying to destroy these stereotypes right yeah, here, and that right. just makes it easier for people to live their lives because that way they're not actually <laughs> thinking anymore. Yes. Oh, yeah, black and white people don't get along in the South. I've heard that before. <laughs> so that's good times. I uh, let's, let's go to the third story that we had in, in the first Choose Your Own Adventure. Dateline, Rock Hill, South Carolina. A uh, Rock Hill man accused of stuffing $50 worth of men's underwear into an orange purse once again, stuffing $50 worth of men's underwear into an orange purse. This is a man, apparently. At a discount store on Friday, he knocked on a stranger's door, asked for money, and then led police on a foot chase that sent him into the yard of a neighborhood church on Saturday. Now, was he dressed in any sort of costume like the Jane's Addiction bin caught stealing video? Oh, God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. At about the 6.30... Purse isn't a, a good start. Yeah, exactly. Uh, about 6.30 p.m. Friday, police were called to the Dollar General on South Cherry Road after receiving complaints that a man, uh, again, a man carrying a purse, right. wearing a navy blue hooded jacket and toboggan and sporting an orange purse, stole merchandise and then left without paying, according to a Rock Hill police report. Uh, they searched the area but did not find the suspect. The store's manager told police the suspect, whom she identified as Denisha Reed, 25, took $50 in underwear, the report states. She recognized Reed from a previous incident in which he was placed on trespass notice from the store. Police watched video of the man fleeing the store after stealing the underwear. A witness told police he saw Reed put the items in the purse, but did not know him and could not provide a name. On Saturday, a 61-year-old man called police reporting that a suspicious black female... Okay. Knocked on his door asking for money and then asking to come into his home, according to a second Rock Hill police report... He told police he recognized the suspect, whom he believed was involved in a possible robbery in the past, using the same tactics. He did not let the suspect inside. Police spotted the suspect and identified him as Reed, who ran from the officer and ignored commands to stop. Another officer arrived on the scene and pursued Reed as he raced down Crawford Road. Police continued chasing Reed as he ran through the property of Rose of Sharon Baptist Church at the corner of Crawford Road and Irwin Street. 
Officers caught Reed at a green tree drive home, charging him with failure to identify and resisting police. Gotcha. Well, that explains so much. So, so Reed is a hermaphrodite, obviously. Uh, apparently, yes. <laughs> I'm confused. I, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what was the? I can't remember Reed's first name. Denisha. That's not exactly the most masculine first name. Uh, no, not so much. But you know, I, the other thing is the store was the Dollar King. Uh, Dollar General. Dollar Jack? Dollar General, yeah, dollar lieutenant, whatever, and uh, <laughs> dollar matters. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a lot of underwear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although the th- the thing about that store is it's kind of a misnomer. Not everything is a dollar. It's it's not one of the everything's a dollar, everything's ninety nine cents store. It's just named Dollar General, and they have things that are more than a dollar. Okay. So you know, I don't I don't think anyone will ever uh, that that will ever be beaten. Where I was driving from the Fresno airport to the hotel I was staying at before working a game at Fresno State, and in the course of three blocks saw a dollar ninety nine cent and ninety eight cent stores. <laughs> I love. I, I just pictured that the third one was the last one to open, and they were just like, "Look, I'm just going to undercut them like crazy. I'm going to make so much money on this. Everyone else, <laughs> two cents, man. You won't go there." <laughs> How do you have a Black Friday sale at a 98-cent store? I don't know, 97 cents maybe? Everything is 95 cents. For three hours, starting (laughs) at four in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) What? No. Oh, um, your most wonderful time of the year song needs to have this in it, your video. Uh, A man who played Santa Claus at a Massachusetts mall has been banned from the shopping center after he was charged with groping an 18-year-old woman playing an elf. (laughs) i can't keep a straight face while reading this damn thing no it's just so that's the you know if if people don't know most of the most of the stories that you end up sharing on this show are not ones that you've shared with me first no no (laughs) uh these are my actual reactions to these and i try to keep it together but with this one like you just Sort of drop your head in shame. I mean, come on, man. This is not exactly one where there's any sort of plausible deniability on your side. The bad thing is, I, I read these cold a lot of times, too, just because I'd rather give a real reaction than sound like some, you know, random news guy do. It's like, and uh, in local news, well, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. But uh, I guess, you know, of course, maybe Santa thought that she was a ho, ho, ho. Oh, really? Um, okay. Continuing, Herbert uh, Jones was released on $1,000 bail after pleading not guilty Monday to indecent assault and battery. Damn. Uh, a judge ordered him to stay away from the Hanover Mall and barred him from playing Santa anywhere pending the outcome of his case. Now, wait a minute. He doesn't have that jurisdiction. He can't ban him from playing Santa in Kansas. I, I call shenanigans. I if he can get a gig playing Santa that far away, that would... Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, the thing that, that, you know, I, I just don't see, like, how does the plausible deniability happen? It's someone you work with, you're wearing, he was wearing his, his Santa suit when this happened? Yes, he was. But how do you expect to get away with this, man? <laughs> like, she's just not going to speak up? This case will end up making her a lot more money than she's going to make at the job. Don't suffer in silence. If you've been handled by Santa, call our law firm, one 800 Santa Groper. <laughs> uh, police say the woman called them Saturday to report that the 62-year-old Jones had pinched her buttocks and made suggestive comments. The two worked at a Santa photo booth. 
God. Oh, that sounds like a great job. Uh, even better, Jones, who apparently has a real bushy white beard and wore it with his Santa costume, denied touching the woman to police and mall management. I love the way that's written. Wore it with his Santa costume. As if he has a regal beard that he decided not to wear with his Santa costume. <laughs> that's poor writing. He wore a balaclava with his, with his Santa costume. Oh, God. Just... <sighs> it's a beard. It's not a choice to wear it. It's just, you have it. There. Oh, oh you know, God. That's... Uh, I... <sighs> <laughs> I, I just I keep going back to the what what do you feel like you're gonna get away with there? How do you did you did you come up with an escape plan at all? <laughs> or was it like a tractor beam where you just decided like, oh it's oh she's she's so hot. She's so hot, I gotta touch it. <laughs> so hot. Yeah. Um it's really weird. It's uh it's floor derp time. Uh, we haven't, oh, haven't done that on the program. Good. Uh well, you even have it's floor derp to uh, this this show. Y- yeah, we've we've got some uh, some Floriderp here. We got some Floriderp on uh, sports matters coming up after this program too. Uh, a 50 year old man who robbed an Orlando area bank was caught minutes later on a public transit bus. The Orange County Sheriff's Office said. <sighs> Just so, what's going on here? What happens in the winter months? People can't get outside anymore, and they start to lose their damn minds. <laughs> All the criminals flock south from the northern states. <laughs> Maybe. The, uh, <laughs> the robbery happened just after 11 a.m. at a Wells Fargo bank in the 9400 block of Orange Blossom Trail. Bad thing is I know exactly where that is. Uh, oh, Tim- Timothy Paul Jones was arrested and charged with the crime. Quote, we have someone in the bank here to rob us, unquote. A bank employee whispered to dispatchers in a 911 call released earlier this afternoon. As the employee spoke with dispatchers, the robber left with cash but didn't go far. Employees watched as he walked to a Sunoco gas station across the street from the bank. According to witnesses, Jones went into the gas station, changed his shirt, and then took Lynx bus number 124 out of the area. Foolproof escape plan right there. Now that I've changed my shirt, I'm completely unrecognizable (laughs) and will now take clearly marked public transit. Uh... Although Jones got on board the bus, deputies stopped the vehicle and arrested him. Investigators found the stolen money along with the clothing Jones was wearing during the robbery. No injuries were reported. You know, sir, this might be a situation where you thought about renting a car. Because you knew you weren't going to return it at this point anyway, so what's the big deal? <laughs> and you could have just taken the license plate off or, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like I'm very good at crime because, uh, well... <laughs> It's not something I spend very much time thinking about because I am not committing crimes. But this just seems like there are all kinds of ways that you didn't really think ahead. (laughs) All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in. I'm going to get some cash from the bank by robbing it. I'm going to walk over to the gas station and change my shirt. Then I'm going to get onto a clearly marked bus. They'll never find me. (laughs) I'm guessing Sandra Bullock was on that bus. I hope so. I hope so. She, <laughs> she really seemed like someone who'd be wearing a gray Arizona sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, you and I are both Xbox people, although maybe not for long. Uh, Dateline North Palm Beach, Patrick Cherry thought his problem was worth a call to 911. Village police thought otherwise. They arrested the 20-year-old oh, no. for making two non-emergency calls stemming from a fight with his older brother over an Xbox. 
this is we get one of these stories almost every week lately. It seems like yes, we do. <laughs> was it something like people calling from the drive-through that the woman was rude? Uh, <laughs> apparently, that's not an emergency. What was the one last week? I can't remember. It was oh, that? damn! I can't remember it either. <sighs> well, we'll have to go back and find it. But anyway, not an uncommon thing apparently for people calling. Apparently, nine hundred one is a joke now. <laughs> remember that was a big campaign. Oh, yes. one is not a joke. Uh, apparently, it's a joke now because they're getting a lot of news reports of people calling it for the wrong reasons. Late nine one one. Where's the late crown? Uh, Cherry is facing a charge of misuse of the nine one one system. He was being held at the Palm Beach County Jail without bail. Damn. Uh, according to a police arrest report, officers responded shortly before five p.m. Thursday to a home in the twenty six hundred block of Lorraine Court, north of North Lake Boulevard and west of Prosperity Farms Road. After the argument with his brother over the Xbox, Sherry told his family he was moving out, then gathered his belongings and walked outside to the sidewalk. There, he called 911 and said he needed help, police said. After determining that Sherry was not in danger, an officer warned him that 911 was for emergencies only and advised him not to misuse it. As the officer walked back to his patrol vehicle, Sherry called 911 again and said he needed fire and rescue assistance. This time, the officer on the scene arrested Sherry and took him to jail. Now, so he got a warning and just called back anyway, which I love. Now, does it mention there being any sort of impairment? Um, uh, no, not at all. No. Um, did they say why he stated that he needed fire and rescue? Uh, no, it does not. Darn it! That's because that would have been gold. See. I need to see this guy's uh, Twitter account because I just know there's a tweet there that says, F it, calling 911 again, hashtag YOLO. <laughs> I know that's there. It has to be. <laughs> hashtag YOLO. Believe it. I, you know, God, we, I feel that, that makes me want to tweet things, which is unique because I never do. <laughs> and, uh,. But that makes me want to tweet tweet random random things with the hashtag YOLO because that's just amusing to me. Yeah, or uh, hashtag FML. No, I, I don't support that hashtag. I don't support people saying it. I don't support people referring to it. It actually makes me pretty angry um, because it's it's inevitably about something like, uh, you know, cupcake store was out of the you know red velvet that I wanted today. FML. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. No, 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 no. Okay, you know, you've you've uh, you've inspired me here, or whatever you want to call it. So now I'm going to uh, get distracted again and do a hashtag search for FML just for a few minutes just to uh, to see what people are saying FML about today. No, I, you know, I, I when I was seeing a lot more of that on the Facebook or the tweeters uh, among the people that I'm following or friends with, uh, people seem to have gotten past it for the most part of late, uh, at least that that I'm seeing, which is nice. But really, most of the time that I would see that stuff, it was just stuff that was either a completely trivial problem or it was something that they probably could have done something to prevent in the first place. Like, stuck in traffic again, FML. You know, it's like, well, you could have left earlier. Okay, so here here we go. Here are some of these tweets. And, and again, we have a couple of other stories to get to, so I don't want to take too much time on it. Um, this says, I messed up my nail, hashtag FML. End of the world's upon us. You messed up your nail. Got it. Um, can't wait to spend $500.79 for my tattoo. Hashtag FML. There's so many things wrong with that sentence. 
couldn't okay. we couldn't rob a store for five hundred dollars from my dad. No. Um, <laughs> out of all songs to come on the radio, hashtag FML. Well, I wish I knew what song it was referring to. Uh, yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah, it seems like a poor tweet right there. Uh, instead of watching The Hobbit Desolation of Smog on December 12th, I get to work and help people who are going to see it. Hashtag FML. Uh, you know, depending on how you feel about those movies, that could be perfectly good. <laughs> um, French is so complicated. Hashtag FML. Oh, God. <laughs> Study hard. <laughs> I'll be out of town on Saturday. Hashtag FML. My socks got wet while walking outside. Hashtag FML. Oh, okay, that one I actually sympathize with. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot my phone charger. Hashtag FML. Okay, well, if you're somewhere on vacation uh, or if you're staying at any sort of hotel, the front desk has a whole box full of them. They have your charger, okay? I'm destined to be fat. My mother and mother-in-law are amazing cooks. Hashtag FML. Um. Next. <laughs> that one's just weak. Uh, Dad won't pay for my membership, but I need a credit card. Hashtag FML. Then that sounds like hang with them. That's, that's the hashtag I'd like to respond with to all of them. Hang with them! <laughs> yeah, we need hashtag hang with them right now. Um, got a text and got all excited. I got one. See that it's from my mom texting me from downstairs. Hashtag FML. Hashtag nobody cares. <laughs> um, here's here's one you'll like uh, I wish Cal was good at televised sports Hashtag FML <laughs> kind of funny yeah. Alright Televised sports that, That's what makes it funny That's what makes it funny Is that it's only televised sports So that's not bad And then finally <laughs> Taking a dump and running out of toilet paper Hashtag FML that's poor planning again. Yes, it I, is. I, I file that under poor planning. <laughs> you can look before you sit down. You know, I, there's no tractor beam pulling you to the toilet. Deuce can't wait, distract. son. No, just can't <laughs> wait. Just going to have to make this happen. Um, you know, you're just going to have to get creative at this point, son. <laughs> Take a shower afterwards. Um, yeah, something. <laughs> use a towel. Um, Dateline Pensacola. Pensacola State Police Wednesday arrested a man they say exposed himself in the campus library and uh, played with himself on a book. I don't know. I mean, was he trying to, like, impart knowledge to his Johnson? Was he trying uh, to make him smarter? Well, listen to this. Uh, Alexander oh. Edward Tillman, 20, was taken into custody Wednesday morning for allegedly uh, exposing himself to a female student and enjoying his own company in the Pensacola State College Library earlier this month. According to an arrest report, campus police responded to an indecent exposure call at the library shortly before noon, November 6th. A female student told police that she was studying on the library floor when she noticed Tillman, who appeared to be watching her as he read a book about the history of NASA. Okay. <laughs> what? Um, the, st right. the student said Tillman said his reading material on the floor exposed himself and then touched himself onto the book. Keeping extended eye contact, the man began walking toward her, the arrest report said. That's a hashtag YOLO. Uh, fearing for her safety, the female student ran from the library. Campus police were unable to find the man during a search of the area, but a crime lab found fingerprints 
and I can't believe I'm reading this, but DNA evidence on the pages of the book Tillman was holding. That's just awful in so many different ways. Yes, um, yes it is. You know, did he see the Dick in a Box video and figure <laughs> that maybe this is just how it worked? Dick in a Book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's, like, I don't, again, <laughs> I try, when, it, when, you, when you read about these things, Brian, the mistake that I always make is I try to, like, compute this. You know, I try to run it through my head and go, all right, well, you know, they were trying to do this, and that makes sense because this doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. You know, I know that some people really have a, a big, uh, you know, are very turned on by the idea of exposing themselves to strangers, and that's, you know, that's their own issue, uh, and obviously there's some of that, but the action surrounding it that he took... I, I just – you feel like he was doing it for a reason. I just have no clue what the reason was. He's uh, been charged with a third-degree felony of aggravated assault and a second-degree misdemeanor of sex offense for an unnatural and lascivious act. He's being mm-hmm. held on $2,750 bond in the Escambia County Jail. Now, I mean, is this something where he tried to you know, combine these actions with the pickup line about, hey, my, my piece is out of this world? Uh, uh. That's all I got, man. Like I don't I – don't, I can't – come up with a good reason. Jeez. Awful. I, I, well, you know, it, it's it's pretty awful act. Yeah, true enough. Uh, you know, what, one of the things that was actually really scary, and it seemed like a yearly occurrence, and I don't know why it always seemed to be an Asian student, and I don't say that because I'm trying to be stereotypical. I'm saying it because it's true. Um, but while I was going to San Diego State, there seemed to be at least one story a year about a, an Asian male, you know, being caught uh, taking himself to dinner in the library while spying on female students. <laughs> okay. Now the thing that was well, the thing that would be really crazy about it was uh, at least a, a couple of them were ones where the girl had fallen asleep and the guy like walked right up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that made me totally want to go to the library late night. Yeah, Not we're uh... all, actually. <laughs> As we, uh, as we get close to winding down the program, we have a few more stories left, but these will all be fairly quick. Uh, save for the full beard and tattoos, John Eric Meyer was naked, which wouldn't have been of note if Meyer, 22, was in the confines of a private residence. The problem is, he was on a he sidewalk. Was a fraternity. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He was on a sidewalk in the central business district, 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 sniper, uh, of Sebastian, Florida, according to a recently released affidavit. Oh, boy. Uh, Meyer told Sebastian police he had been walking from Columbus, Georgia, and was on the way to Miami. <laughs> okay, the uh, the case began about... Did he a... that outfit on the whole way? <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. The, uh, the case began about 11.56 p.m. on November 11th as an officer was dispatched to Main Street in U.S. 1 regarding a naked, suspicious person walking south on the sidewalk, according to an affidavit. A corporal reported seeing Meyer who, saying he was completely naked when she arrived. Meyer seemed disoriented and didn't know where he was. He did say he was walking from Columbus, Georgia to Miami, a trip of greater than 600 miles. When asked where his clothes were, he stated that he took all of them off while he was walking on the sidewalk, the affidavit states. So there's your answer to that. Uh, Meyer, who smelled slightly of alcohol, said he'd taken a cough suppressant. He was listed as homeless and was arrested on disorderly intoxication and taken to the Indian River County Jail. So, I mean, was he having the purple drink? Uh, I hope so. Like I say, purple passion, man. What yeah. had to happen? Mixed in a trash can. <laughs> yeah, I, I took them off while I was walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel 
feel like that's almost as good as um, you remember the movie Orange County. Oh yes. And remember when uh, you know Jack Black tries to uh, break into the admissions office? Yeah. yeah. For his brother. Yep. And you know he's got his pants off at one point, and you know woman comes in and catches him. <laughs> what were you doing with your pants off? Well, I tripped. And that was his first answer. For some reason, that's always the funniest answer to me, um, <laughs> that I tripped. That's why I have no pants on. Now I have the percl- – I was trying to run away from the fire, so, so I figured I'd be able to run away faster without the pants on. I have the Proclaimer song uh, 500 Miles stuck in my head now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Dateline Orlando. An Orlando man has been arrested on aggravated battery charges after police say he attacked his pregnant sister over chicken nuggets. Dude. Not cool. Uh, Kareem Gordon, 28, was arrested on Sunday night after the fight with his 25-year-old sister, who says Gordon ate her chicken nuggets without permission. After arguing, Gordon's sister went to her bedroom, but Gordon followed behind yelling, quote, I will punch you down, unquote. Gordon then grabbed her by her neck, threw her into a nightstand, making her fall to the ground, police said. Gordon's sister is four months pregnant, according to the report. Gordon said he was trying to explain the incident to his sister. That's always what they say, but she tried to close Mm. the bedroom door in his face. According to the police report, Gordon said he pushed her away from the door. Gordon, who police say has a previous domestic violence incident on record with his wife, was taken to Orange County Jail with no bond. Not cool, man. No jokes to be made on my end. That's just not cool. Well, unless it's chicken McNuggets, which, you know, in that case, that's totally worth fighting over. Yeah. Do you have barbecue sauce? (laughs) Did you end up getting stuck with sweet and sour? I mean, what happened? How dare you take my hot mustard? Yeah, exactly. Uh... An elderly Miami-Dade man is facing an attempted murder charge after he shot his son during a dispute over dirty dishes, police said. I won't read the rest of that story. I just thought that the, the beginning of it was bad enough. That's that's kind of amazing. Shot over dirty dishes. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, if I haven't done the dishes and my girlfriend comes home, that she's like, you know, glaring right through my body. But uh, <laughs> that's not the same thing at all. Usually she calms down after a while. Uh, Close down the program. Let's do it on a much lighter note. We have two more stories that are, uh, you know, better able to make jokes about. I just figured I'd, you know, give the quick synopsis of a couple of those. Dateline West Palm Beach. Deputies from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office responded to calls Saturday night that a man in his underwear was harassing customers at the Sitco gas station parking lot at 5850 Okeechobee Boulevard. Investigators say when they arrived around 930 p.m., they spotted Jerry Leakey yelling at customers pumping gas. Leakey, according to deputies, smelled of alcohol when they arrived. Deputies say that Leakey was belligerent and yelling obscenities at them and the customers. A woman told investigators Leakey had exposed himself to her while yelling obscenities. Deputies arrested Leakey on charges of looter, lascivious exhibition, and disorderly intoxication. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, you bitch? I'm going to show you. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I, only because the guy's been, like, apprehended and nothing happened to, to her. Yeah. You know, other than unwantingly seeing the guy's junk. But, uh, I, you know, I'm swearing at you. I'm swearing at you. I need to make my point stronger. I'm going to go ahead and drop drop trap. <laughs> Solid strategy. Okay. And uh, finally, I, I don't know if we should end on this note, but I will. Uh, oh Miami Miami Beach police officer Reynaldo Casas really wants his job back. He wants it back so badly, he's willing to admit he was once an aficionado of the most embarrassing product ever, sexual aid cream. 
On February okay. 27th, the Miami Beach Police Department fired Casas, who's been reprimanded for making conflicting statements, missing court appearances, excessive sick time usage, and gross negligence when he tested positive for drug use, according to his internal affairs file. But Casas wasn't going down easy. Sexual aid cream going down easy. Oh. Uh, he uh, filed a grievance to explain how he tested positive for narcotic abuse. It's not drugs, he swore. Casas' sexual prowess had been lacking, so he asked his girlfriend for advice. She had just the solution, sexual aid cream. So he slathered it on, and that was that. He then failed a drug test. Uh, However, over time, heavy deliberation and the insight of others, I was able to pinpoint the cause, wrote Casas, who didn't return requests for comments. It's a sexual aid cream. The sexual aid cream was provided to me by a friend, of course, Miguel Tejada, maybe, uh, to assist my sexual performance, and he never told me it contained whatever drug name it is. My girlfriend has used slash applied the gel. So, if this were actually a concern, um, does this guy not know that, and that would also mean that you never watch TV to not know this, but do you know that there are like 7,000 sexual aid pills that are available all through your doctor? (laughs) And if you're a policeman, I'm guessing that you're going to have some health benefits. Uh, yeah, you can't really claim ignorance in this one, I don't think. that I'm not buying it. Uh, no, no, I'm not either. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very excited that he did it, though. Um, <laughs> well, of course, makes for good copy for us. Exactly. That's pretty much all we're concerned about. <laughs> if, if you have a high that lasts longer than four hours, please, please consult your doctor. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just – the – the way that people and I mean, and I'm sure that there are probably things that I don't even realize that I'm I'm putting in my body that are really bad for me or affecting me in some way. But uh, just some of the stuff that people end up doing to themselves, um, you know, do, if you you're you're rubbing all this cream all over your junk and you don't know what's in it, <laughs> <laughs> that just seems very scary as a guy. Desperation is a nasty scent. Again, are you pledging a fraternity? No, then don't do that. <laughs> so aren't you pleased that I ended the program right on time and with a dick joke? Yes. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's professional yes. quality right there. Professional restaurant quality radio. <laughs> so on that note, let's, uh, let's, play the, uh, let's play the bumper. This has been Did That Make Air, episode 12. We'll have the, uh, the program ready for your listening pleasure. Soon, I promise. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same channel. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, by the time you hear this, safe travels. Stay tuned for Sports Matters next on the live side. We'll see you next week. Try not to fart any parking spots. Will do.